Chapter 9 The First Solomon Island Brothers Brother Andrew Power, the Sydney Provincial, had a mission of his own. During his visitations to communities, one of his priorities was to encourage vocations to the Maris Brothers. It is no surprise that he had decided to promote vocations from the Solomons and Bougainville as well as from the Australian schools. He first visited Solomon Islands in 1949 and stayed for more than a month. Andrew had an interesting stay at Tenaru, beginning with car problems on the journey from the airport. Some hours later he arrived at the school at night after alternative transport had been found. The students welcomed him with songs and later one and a half hours of dancing under electric light on the oval. Andrew was able to visit different parts of the island during his stay. He saw the opening of a new church at Ruavatu, 40 kilometres east of Tenaru, and was pleased to visit Tangarare on the weather coast, where the First Brothers had been introduced to the Gari language 11 years earlier. Impressed by the celebrations for St Joseph's feast day, Andrew wrote in his visitation notes, Biggest festival of the year for St Joseph, the patron of the school. Two pigs, 1,000 coconuts, manioc, etc. Andrew also witnessed the excitement of the arrival of the new mission catch, Capricorn, later renamed Santa Ana, from Australia. On board were four cattle from Mittagong, Australia, and various boxes of goods for Tenaru. There was the opportunity to meet many of the Maris priests and to renew acquaintances with Bishop Albain, with whom Andrew held extensive discussions about the brothers' work and conditions. First Departures for Australia Andrew interviewed many students who were prospective vocations for the Maris brothers. Six months later, the first Solomon Islanders to begin the journey towards becoming Maris brothers left for Australia. The entry in the Tenaru Annals for 5 January 1950 reads, quote, The first two boys leave Tenaru for Australia to try their vocation as Maris brothers. John Tura from Cape Marsh, Cape Marsh is an old name for the Russell Islands, and Malakia Tsukuatu from Avuavu. They leave on Muliama. Brother Ephraim and classes three and four go to bid them Godspeed. A month after they departed, the following entry was recorded. recorded. News from Australia. Safe arrival and happy settling in of our juniors. The brief annals entries do not capture the momentous cultural upheaval experienced by these two boys in moving to Australia. The brothers themselves, while thanking God for the blessing of two local vocations, were unaware of the cultural issues involved in sending the two boys into a western country. They believed the only important life tasks confronting the young men were, firstly, formation to religious life, and secondly, advancing their academic credentials.
During the long journey to Sydney, the two young men were excited by the experience of travel to a new and fascinating land, and idealistically looked forward to their future life as Morris brothers. However, the journey itself was quite trying for the young men. The brothers had provided them with a bale of rice, some sweet potato, and sleeping mats to provide food and minimal comfort for the long sea voyage. The boys were required to travel in the crew's quarters. John and Malakia did not return to Solomon Islands until 1958. During the eight years of formation in Australia with no home holidays, they accepted unquestioningly the colonial cultural assumptions of the time, namely that the Western way of living was the only civilised way and that development consisted in adopting a Western lifestyle. There was no intended malice or slight. It was the thinking of the period and the Australian brothers did not anticipate the adjustment problems the Melanesian brothers would experience on their return. Indeed, the two young men and the Bougainvillians and Solomon Islanders who joined them in later years were accepted and liked by the young Australian candidates. And it's fair to say that most, if not all the Melanesian young men, enjoyed the experience of living and studying in Australia. Years after the brothers' return, it became clear that the decision to send these young Melanesians to Australia for their formation at such a young age and for an extended period was in fact unwise. When the young Solomon Islanders arrived in Sydney in January 1950, the provincial, Andrew, took the boys to St Joseph's College, Hunters Hill, a dazzling journey through the huge city of Sydney. On arrival at the college, their first feeling was not so much wonder, but shame. John Tura explains, I felt ashamed because Malakia Sukuatu and myself were wearing short pants, singlets and sand shoes, while everybody at the college was wearing long pants, shirts, ties, coats and shoes. We both had difficulty in speaking the language because our knowledge of English grammar was next to nothing. As well, we were unfamiliar with the Australian way of eating with knives and forks. Normally at home we used only a spoon. John and Malakia proceeded to the Junerate at Mittagong, a high school intended for Marist aspirants. John, an intelligence student, succeeded in gaining his Grade 12 Leaving Certificate at the end of 1954, by which time ten other young men from the North and South Solomons had joined the group. School Days at Barrel Brother William Malloy was the Master of Juniors at the Minor Juniorate at Barrel, where the young man transferred when it opened in 1952. The young Melanesians quickly became popular with the Australian boys who were usually several years younger. Because of the age advantage and natural athletic prowess, they were admired and respected for their sporting ability. Joseph Gohan from Booker Island was a star hockey fullback. Benedito Lamanasa was a champion athlete, while Isaac Merosinahinua 
was a successful goal kicker in rugby league. He practiced for hours, kicking for goal from where the half line, halfway line met the touch line. His classmate, John Guilfoyle, observed one successful kick from that position. The Barrel Juniors had a champion hockey team, and after defeating the Franciscan Novices team from nearby Robertson, they were invited for a return match of rugby league. The Marist Juniors team comprised mostly small boys, except for Benedito Lamanasa and Isaac Medicine Hinua. The Franciscans, however, were all older. The kickoff resulted in a penalty for the Marists. The ball was handed to Isaac. All the Franciscans smiled, not expecting this ungainly Melanesian to score the goal from a difficult position. The smiles turned to dismay as Isaac's confident kick sailed between the posts. Maris leading 2-0. History records a 52-2 loss for the Barrel Juniors. There were no further football games against the Franciscans that year. Isaac's independent nature showed itself at times. On one occasion, William decided that the Solomonese surnames were just too long and too difficult to be practical. Without warning, he decided to shorten the names when calling the class roll. Benedict Lohman, he called. Benedito Lamanasa was taken aback, but realising William could only be referring to him, quickly answered, Present, brother. Isaac Medicinahinua was next on the alphabetical list. Isaac Medicini, called the Master of Juniors. There was no answer. Isaac Medicini, repeated William. Silence. Everyone in the class, including William, knew that Isaac was present. At 20 years of age, Isaac was a big-framed man who towered over the rest of the class. It was impossible to miss him. Isaac Medicini. The tension in the room was electric as this battle of wits continued. It was too much for William. After a long pause, he called, Isaac Mirasinihinua? Present, brother, Isaac responded immediately and politely. William made no further attempts to modify the Solomonese names. Homecoming. On 2 July 1956, four young brothers from Solomon Islands were the first Solomon Islands to make their profession as Maris brothers at Mittagong, Australia. They were John Tura, brother Rafael, Malakia Sukawatu, brother Howard, Isaac Mirasinihinua, brother Edwin, and Benedito Lamanasa, brother Alphonsus. Brother Joseph Lewaku from CY in Bougainville also made his first vows with the Solomon Islands. He was the first of the Bougainvillians to be professed as a Maris brother. Later, two other Solomon Islanders made their way, made their vows in Australia. They were Michael Dickey, brother Chanel, who is professed in 1958, followed by Benedict Kinnicker, brother Benedict, in 1960. The Bougainvillians were professed around the same time. Brother Bernard Kangu in 1957, Brother Michael Kamenei in 1959, 
and Brother John Paul Mauro in 1961. After studies in Sydney, the six pioneering Solomon Island brothers returned home to begin their ministries. Their long absence had changed them. While they returned as religious, greatly respected by their people, each in his own way encountered readjustment problems. They had lived outside their culture for many of their young adult years and had lost familiarity with many aspects of their own culture. They had not used their own language during their years in Australia, so it was a matter of some embarrassment when they found they had difficulty speaking their language. Some experienced feelings of dislike for some aspects of the village lifestyle, feelings which caused them confusion at the time and shame later, after they had time to readjust and to grieve the lost years. The long period of absence was bad enough, but worse was the unintended, subtle, continuous message that European culture equated with civilization and development. Over the years of absence in Australia, there was no possibility of experiencing or learning more of the wisdom and riches of their own Melanesian ways during their young formative years. It was a loss they lived with throughout their lives. The young men found great support from each other as they learned to cope with the problems of re-entry. Furthermore, they were busy men as they embarked on their teaching mission at St. Joseph's Teneru or in the, or in the case of Brother Rafael Tura at Talina and later Rigu on Bougainville. Later work of the pioneering Solomon brothers. Rafael Turu, Tura Howard Sukuatu, Benedict Kinika, Chanel Dickey, together with four of the six Bougainville pioneers, ultimately left the Marist Brothers' Order. While this was naturally a cause of some disappointment and soul-searching for some brothers at the time, a broader view of the life of these men reveals that, on leaving the brothers, each contributed enormously in his own way, to the development of his country and the education of its youth. They all retained strong connections and friendships with the Marists. Rafael Tura worked at Rigu until 1960 and then returned to Australia where he completed a course at Sydney Teachers College. On his return, he taught at St Joseph's Teneru until 1968 when he left the brothers. Later, he joined the staff of the Solomon Islands College of Higher Education in Honiara. He was involved in local government for a time, and in 2003 he had a son attending his own school at St Joseph's Teneru. Howard Sukuatu taught at Teneru for, and for three years at Rigu. He left the brothers in 1971 and returned to Avu Avu, where he remained teaching for many years. Alphonsus Lamanasa taught at Tenru and Rigu. In 1961, he returned to Australia for a further year of study. His death at Tenru on 25 March 1967 was the first among the Solomon Island Marist brothers. Chanel Dickey spent the first decade of his teaching career at Tenru. He and John Paul Maro formed the first Melanesian community of brothers at Rakera on Malaita Island. 
He left the brothers in 1987 to become a priest. He died in 2002. Edwin Hinua taught in many schools and worked in formation for a time. After 47 years as a Maris brother, he died at Teneru in 2001 and was buried beside Alphonsus on the Teneru property. Benedict Kinica taught at Teneru and Rigu before leaving the brothers in 1969. Later, as a politician, he held the seat of East Makira for three terms and won respect as Minister of Finance. He retained close links with the brothers until his death in 2003. Thus, the six Solomon Island pioneers who went to Australia as young boys to become Maris brothers contributed much to the Marist endeavour in Solomon Islands and elsewhere. At the time of writing, 2003, both Malakia Sukawatu and John Tura are living in the Solomon Islands. These men, the pioneers of 1950, offer these words by way of closure for this chapter. Quote, when I went to Australia in 1950, I experienced a drastic change in environment, culture and way of living. The main problems I had to face were the different food, the cold weather and coping with English. But as time went by, I adjusted. When I was with the brothers, I found a lot of cooperation and help from them which made things easy. The brothers were very helpful in many ways. I felt I was cared for and my physical and spiritual needs were looked after. I'm very grateful for that. When I left the brothers, I took on the challenge of looking after my family and educating my children. Malakia Sukuatu, 2003. The quote from John Tura. Teaching with the brothers was enjoyable because everybody was cooperative and supportive of one another. We all worked for the betterment of the school instead of worrying about money and pay. We all worked for the glory of God in trying to touch the hearts of our students. I was disappointed that all my children were unable to enrol at St Joseph's Teneru. Most of my children did their secondary education at SDA and Anglican schools, and this did not make me happy. Eight years after I left the Maris brothers, I got married. I have appreciated very much the spirit of hard work and the practice of prayer every day and evening which has become a part of my life. This has helped me to live successfully and happily until today. Going to Jesus through Mary is the source of peace, love, harmony, law and order, forgiveness and respect for each other. These are values which Solomon Islands needs very much today. I am grateful I spent some years as a Marist brother. I still treasure my profession cross which my sons use when they pray over sick people. John Tura, 2003